Good morning. And grace and peace to you. It's good to see you. I want to talk about eyes this morning, as you can see from your little handout. And uh, the Bible has a lot to say about eyes and about seeing, about the kind of eyes we have. Now, you might say, doesn't everybody have the same kind of eyes? Well, yes and no. We're not talking about the eyeball, the marvelous creation of God uh, that enables us to see uh, because everyone's eyeball is basically the same with all those various parts and just the wonder of it and the majesty of it that God has, has created. But we're talking about how we see life, in particular how we see people. Because once again, we're, we're made to remember that life is about God, who is a person, and life is about the other people uh, in our lives. Those are the main things that we have to deal with. Thus, the two great commandments, to love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Placing love first, but also other people first as well. With the eye, we tend to see what we're looking for. I think we've all experienced this. If you're driving down the road, you're on a trip somewhere, and you're looking for a place to eat, you know, you're looking for the Cracker Barrel, the Bob Evans, the Mickey D's, or wherever you like to eat, you know, you tend not to see the Ford store, or the Great Clips, or the Harley shop. Or maybe the guys would see the Harley shop. But you're looking, you know the signs of the restaurants, and so you're looking for those. Uh, if you're going to, a, let's say, a, some event, you're going to meet someone there, say at a ball game or uh, maybe at the airport, and there's a big crowd, all right? You know who you're looking for, and they might have said, hey, I'm going to have a, a red jacket on or a yellow ball cap or something. So that's what you're looking for. You know their face. You know what they're going to be wearing. And you tend not to really see the other people, if you know what I mean. You're just looking for that particular set of characteristics and other incredible thing that God has, has made for us, facial recognition. If you've ever done any study or read about that, that God has enabled us with our eyes and brains to have facial recognition of certain people, we can just immediately say, I know that person. Another, just, another thing that says God created us and we're not here by chance. Now there is one exception to this rule of being able to see things, all right? And that's when it comes to shopping. Now, if you're a male and you're going into a store and you're looking for uh, socks and T-shirts, that's the only thing you see in the store. You don't see anything else. You're looking. Are those socks? Not socks. Those, no, those aren't. There's the socks. We go to the socks. 
If you're a female, you see everything. Yes, you do. Believe me, I am married to a female. She sees everything. Okay? So that's the exception. All right. Anyway, we tend to see what we're looking for. Let's look in Luke 11. Now, this is true spiritually, and that's the lesson we're going to bring out here. Now, Luke 11 is an introduction, and John chapter 9 is really where the story is, the event in Jesus' life. So let's look at this. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it away in a cellar nor under a basket, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. All right, that's obvious. You light a lamp because you want to light up a place that's dark, okay? The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear or healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. All right? Now, he's not talking about your ability to see physically. He's talking about how you see things. Okay? Do you see with a clear, healthy eye looking for the good? Or are you negative, always looking for the bad and the evil? Something to indulge yourself with. This is what he's talking about. And he's talking about the fact that the eye, the way we see life, is connected to our hearts. You see? It's connected to our heart. Because our heart will direct us as to what we look at and what we look for, doesn't it? That's the truth. He says, then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. You see, he's referring to what's on the inside of you. Okay? That you are light. That you are illuminated by the truth of God. That you are a holy person. A righteous person. And you're looking for the good. And not the evil. Not the dark. If, therefore, your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it will be wholly or completely illumined, as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. And so that's what he's saying. You need to work to have this whole body, this inner person, the soul and the spirit and the heart, to be light. So we see things in the right way. So the question becomes for you and me, how do you see? Do I look for the good? Do I have a, a positive outlook? Am I looking for the good in people? Am I looking for opportunities to do good? Or am I looking for the bad? Am I a critic? Am I just looking for places to indulge myself in what I want to do? How do you see life? With that being said, let's go to John 9. This, the word of God is amazing and life is amazing that we can see different lessons in the very same scriptures and stories. It's just an amazing thing, depending, again, on what you're looking for. We've been in this story before, and I'm going to briefly... Uh, recount it 
We're not going to read it all. And we've talked about this from the standpoint of, you know, Jesus is the light of the world and so forth, and he brought light to this blind man, the seeing. But in this story, there are five, there are people with five different ways of looking at this blind man. It's just amazing. What we have here is a blind man, a beggar. He was blind from birth, all right? And Jesus and his disciples came by, and uh, Jesus heals him. He puts, uh, I think he does, the, yeah, put the clay in the mud, the clay on his eyes, says, go wash in this pool, and you'll be cleansed. And he was, he came back seeing. All right, so everybody's amazed. And especially the Pharisees, you know, the, those who are in charge of the synagogue, because this is a miracle, and they weren't involved, so they get this guy on the carpet and say, what happened to you? And they say, well, this Jesus guy, he gave me my sight. And they say, well, we know him. He, he doesn't obey the Sabbath. He breaks the Sabbath. He's not from God. You know, he must, he's, you know how, how can you be uh, uh, following with him? And he says, well, I don't know about, you know, who he is or what he's done. All I know is he made me see. So he ends up, he talks to his parents because the, the Pharisees didn't believe his parents that he was really blind from birth. And they said, yes, he was. And then they say, go ask him. And they get him back in there again. And he says, hey, he, he healed me. And, he says, and they say, well, you, they say, you believe in him? Say, yeah, I believe in him. And they, so they threw him out of the synagogue. They excommunicated him. And then Jesus comes and talks to him at the end. So that's the basic gist of the story. And I encourage you to take your Bible at home and read this this afternoon. So you can let this really sink in. Because the insights here about the folks in this story is just really important. For us to be able to see people the right way. To have the right kind of eyes. Let's look in the first two verses. As he passed by, meaning Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? That was a common belief in those days. That if there was something terrible happened to you, that it was always because of sin. That was a belief among the Jews. And so they asked the question, uh, did his parents do something really bad, really awful, or him? Now, that seems a little odd because of how could he be born blind? How could he have done anything? But nevertheless, they ask the question. Notice what they see when they see the blind beggar. They see a theological question. They don't really see the man. Who, was, who sinned that he was born blind? They didn't see a man in need. Some of us today, this is the way we see people. We see someone who's in prison for murder. And we start to ask the question, well, you th could this man be saved since he killed somebody? A person who's been unfaithful to the Lord for, say, 10 years, and they say, well, he's been away so long... She's been away so long, can, can they really be saved? Can they really repent? Will God forgive them? 
This person has been divorced and remarried twice. Will God forgive them? Can they be saved? This person has participated in homosexual acts. Can they be saved? That's the way we see people. Well, what do we look when we see a person? How do we see them? What kind of eyes do we have? Do we have the eyes of the disciples who sinned? Is that what we look for? Or do we have the other kind of eyes that we'll see later? Verse 8. Here are eyes that see a society or neighborhood problem. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. Still others were saying, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the one. This was after Jesus had given him his sight. They had seen him day after day after day sitting by the road or wherever he sat to beg, and they knew that he was a blind man, that he was just a beggar. This is just a beggar guy. Maybe they were embarrassed. You know, he's in our neighborhood. He's part of our section here of the, of the city. And we really wish he weren't here. Give him a few coins every day and just be on our way. That's all they saw. We can do that today. You know, uh, he's just the neighborhood drunk. Yeah, they're the, they're the potheads that live in the house down on the corner. That's what they do. There's the old homeless lady, the bag lady. She's called the bag lady. There she is. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, I give her a couple bucks every once in a while. And we think we really can't help them out. So we toss him a few coins, maybe some food. What do we really see? Let's go on down to verse 18. The Pharisees have called this man in one time already. It says, what happened to you? Jesus healed me. Jesus gave me my sight. They don't believe him. They don't believe he was blind from birth. So they call the parents in. Verse 18. The Jews then did not believe it of him, meaning what he had told them about being healed, that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of the very one who had received his sight and questioned him, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews 
For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. It appears to the parents that he was only the family problem. This was their blind son. Maybe he was an embarrassment to them. Maybe going back to that verse too, you know, who sinned, him or his parents, and they're thinking, wow, we must have done something terrible that he was born this way. We don't know. What we do know, despite the fact that Jesus had been around, had been healing people, probably for quite a while, they had never brought their son to Jesus to be healed. They just happened by him, sitting there by the side of the road. Maybe they were feeling guilty. Maybe they were feeling embarrassed. But he was just, he's our blind son. Yeah, he's been blind from birth. And there he is. Ask him. Today, in our own families, there are some people that trouble us. Maybe there is somebody disabled, a drunkard, someone who's just really disagreeable and disruptive. He just doesn't get along with anybody, and she's always complaining and carping. And so we just leave them alone. Yeah, that's old Uncle Joe. Yeah. Can't do anything with him. We'll just stay away from him. What kind of eyes do we have? Then there are the Pharisees. Verse 24. They call him back in again. And all the Pharisees can see is a religious problem, a church problem. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, meaning Jesus. Okay? He then answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And he says, That's all I know. This man healed me. So they said to him, what did he do to you? How, how did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? He had already told them what he had done. It's like they couldn't believe that. That it was that simple, it was that easy. They reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. See, here's a problem created. He's a member of this synagogue. Read congregation. That's what the word means. This church. All right? And he's going to create a problem for us because he believes in this Jesus guy. And he insists that this Jesus gave him his sight and he is blind from birth. They cannot. See, they're first they're trying to figure out and say this was not really a miracle. This is all a fake. Okay? that he really wasn't blind from birth. But the parents have, have uh, confirmed it. The man has confirmed it. 
they can't deny it, that it really was a miracle, which happened so many times in the, the days of Christ. His opponents, his enemies, could not deny the miracles he did. They were so plain, they were so open, they were so obvious. And so they had to come up with these thoughts that he was an evil man. It was being done by the power of the devil because they did not want to accept him, you see. They did not want to believe in him, and so they had to come up with these other ideas. So they're Moses' disciples, and you're, you're, you're going to cause us a problem here because you believe in this Jesus, and he's a sinner. He breaks the Sabbath. 29, we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, well, here is an amazing thing. I love this guy. You know, once he gets his eyes opened, he gets his brain opened as well, you know. His mind is opened also, and that so often happens when people actually start to read the Word of God, understand the Word of God, and follow the Word of God, and faith starts to develop in them, and, and the brain just finally starts to work. And they under, start to understand life, who they are, who God is, what's going on on the whole planet from the very beginning, and, and that's, what, that's what's happened here with him. He said, this is an amazing thing, that you do not know where he is from, and yet he opened my eyes. In other words, you're the guys in charge of the church, you're the guys in charge of this synagogue and Moses and all things religious, and you don't know about this guy? You don't know where he gets his power? He said, that's an amazing thing. So he's kind of putting them in a corner, isn't he? He's kind of putting them on the spot. In other words, you, sh you should know about this Jesus because look what he's done. Look what he did to me. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. You know, he's going on and telling them these things. He's got the upper hand now. He's shown the wisdom and the knowledge. Makes me think of the time when Peter and John were before the authorities and the way they were talking so, so straightforward, so rationally, and from the word of God and the and it was like they realized these were these men, they were just, you know, fishermen, but they had been with Jesus. That's where they got their wisdom and their knowledge and their boldness and their courage. And that's where this man's got this too, standing before these Pharisees. 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Nothing like this. That's this formerly blind man's assessment of the whole situation. And he's right. He's absolutely right. And he's got them, you know, over the barrel, the proverbial barrel. He's got them in the corner. So what did they do? They answered him, you were born entirely in sins. And that goes back 
to the first part, verse 2, you know, who sinned, this man or his parents? You know, as they were just saying, you're just a wicked person. You're just born entirely in sins. And are you teaching us? You know, he got them riled up. They wouldn't accept the truth. They wouldn't accept the word from him. So they put him out. That's what that means. They threw him out of the synagogue. You're no longer one of us. You're done here. Be gone. That's just a marvelous exchange. and We need to read that again and again to see what Jesus can do for a person to understand life. What about us today? Sometimes we have problems with what people believe. Can she be a part of this church? She believes in premillennialism. He lifts up his hands when he prays. He shouts amen too much. She believes God actually heals people. We can't have them in our church, right? Is that what we see? Just a potential problem? We've done it. What kind of eyes do we have? And then there's the last set of eyes. Let's go to four through seven, first of all. Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. Jesus saw a person with a physical need. Now you and I can't give sight to the blind nor heal crooked legs. or give hearing to the deaf. We can't do that. But there are ways we can help people in need. Whatever that is, whatever that need is, we need to respond. But it goes further than that. Let's go over to verse 35. After the Pharisees had thrown this man out of the synagogue. You're no longer a part of this congregation. Jesus heard that they had put him out. And finding him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now here's the man's real need. You see? Here is the man's real need. And Jesus had the eyes for this too. He was a blind beggar but he was also a lost soul. He was a lost soul. And that's the way we need to see every person. No matter what baggage they've got. What they believe, what they've done, where they've been. They're a lost soul. 
and only Jesus in the story saw this man as a lost soul in need. Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? You know, he already believed that Jesus was the one that healed him, and so that was what started him on this journey. He believed in the miracle, obviously. Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you. Very few people in the Gospels does Jesus speak this plainly to about who he is. The woman at the well was one, and this man is another. I'm him. You're talking to me. What a moment. What a glorious moment it was for that man. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. You know, he didn't start singing or praying. Just in his heart, in his mind, he just, he just gloried in the fact, here is my Messiah. Here's the Christ. He healed me. I believe. That's what he needed. Isn't it? That is the message he needed to hear. Who was the Christ? And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. physical man needed healing, he gave him his sight. But that soul, that man who was lost, who needed guidance to God, needed the Savior. And Jesus revealed himself to him. And this man was not afraid to jettison his old religion and take on the new to dump Moses and take on Christ because he believed. He was not afraid to make the changes that were necessary. In fact, he had stood in front of the Pharisees and just saying, this man healed me and he wasn't even sure or knew who he was, but he was not going to go back on the truth. And just for that, he paid the price. He was thrown out of the synagogue. This man had faith. Real faith. What about us today? Do we see the whole person? The real person around us? The human being with all kinds of needs. Maybe it is a physical need. Maybe they need a home. Maybe they need food. Maybe they need help to get to a doctor. But then do we see beyond even that that every person needs Christ Jesus? They are a soul who is in need of saving, a soul who is lost, a soul who is wandering, a soul who is on the way to perdition and destruction. No matter what they've done, where they've been, what name they wear, what color of their skin, whatever it is, they need a Savior. Is that what we see when we see people? 
What kind of eyes do you have? Only you can answer that. How many times? You know, this, this is kind of about prejudging people. How many times have we prejudge a person and then just left them alone, walked by them, and never said a word to them? Because of what they look like, what we've heard about them, or some other thing. You see, Jesus wasn't about to do that with this man. Oh, there's just another blind guy. And you know, he's not like some of the others. The one when he was on the way to Jericho and they were Bartimaeus crying out, Lord, Lord Jesus, Hosanna, son of David. You know, he wanted, he wanted attention. He wanted healing. This man evidently was just sitting there. He didn't even ask. But Jesus saw him. The man with great need especially the need of a Savior. How do you see yourself this morning? Are you fine in Christ? Are you good? Or you need to make some changes in the way you see people? No, we're not just talking about agreeing with me. I think sometimes we just do that. We agree with the preacher, but then we walk out the door and we never change anything. One thing to agree, it's another thing to make the steps to change, to change your life. Maybe you're not a follower of this Jesus. Maybe something is read there from the Gospel of John about this man. He says, I, he says, I don't know about this man. Oh, no, he gave me his sight. And when Jesus came to him, he says, I'm, I'm the one. You believe in the Son of Man. Where is he? This me. He says, I believe. That's all it took. This, this probably apparently happened in one day. That's all it took for faith and for the response, I believe. If you're at that point in your life right now, we'd be glad to assist you in your obedience to Christ. If you want to respond this morning, please come while we stand and sing.